My soul is Jesus. God bless you this evening. Nice to see you all out on a Wednesday night. I trust you've come expecting. Looking forward to hearing from our brother Murphy this evening. Although, as when anybody asks, he's like, do you know who's speaking tonight? I'm like, well, the Lord is. So you just be there, and we'll and we'll enjoy ourselves. <laughs> Amen. Every time we come, He comes and blesses us. So let's just join together our hearts as we prepare the atmosphere for the Word. Let's just enter right in with all that thrills my soul is Jesus. Oh, who can cheer the heart like Jesus? By His presence all divine. Oh, His true and tender, pure and precious. Oh, how blessed. i 
Yeah. 
Hallelujah. We love to worship you, O God. Oh, be high and lifted up in our midst this evening, Father, as we look to you, O God. Blessed Redeemer, Lord, look down on your people, we pray, O God, and be pleased with our worship this evening, Father, as we lift our hands and our voices and our hearts, Lord, in adoration to the King of kings and to the Lord of lords, for he is worthy of it all, O God. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We're going to go to prayer at this time. And I wonder, Brother Joe Gindo, could you make your way out if you would please? I'd like to ask you to come and just open the service for us in a word of prayer. We do have a couple notes. Our sister Rena would like to be remembered before you, and she wants to thank their saint, the saints for their continued prayers. The Lord has given me strength to meet each challenge, believing that by his stripes I am completely and utterly healed. Praise to our Lord. God bless you, Sister Rena. We will continue to stand with you on that. Also, our sister Peggy Guillory has also written in and asked for prayer for her son, Paul. He's been very seriously afflicted with sleep apnea and just completely unable to rest. And she says he wakes up up to 17 times an hour and it's just really affecting his life and his health and asking that God would just grant him a total deliverance from it and restore his rest. Amen. If there's a need in your heart, we know God sees every hand. Brother Joe, would you please come and open the service for us? bow our heads oh precious heavenly father lord god we are in your presence lord jesus we've come to church lord god with a purpose in our hearts lord god it's a regular day lord jesus and we wake up this morning lord god praying to you lord god knowing that you oh god are the ruler of all the earth lord jesus and we have the privilege lord god to be your sons and daughters lord and we worship you lord we want to worship you lord god today lord jesus with our hearts lord with our actions lord jesus with all that is within us, Lord God. We know there's needs, Lord, in this church, O oh God. There's many, Lord God, many needs, Lord Jesus. We call for them, Lord God. There's many prayers that go out many times, Lord Jesus. And I pray, Lord God, that you would raise our faith tonight, Lord Jesus, not to get tired of praying for the same things, Lord God. But we know, Lord Jesus, that we want to keep faithful, Lord Jesus. Be faithful servants, Lord. Oh, Father, I pray for Sister Peggy, Lord God, for her relative lord jesus that is having this this sleep apnea attack lord god oh god we we believe in a in a, in a healing lord lord jesus we've seen it before lord god we've seen you heal people lord jesus in my own life lord in my own family lord god i'm a testimony lord jesus of prayer can heal lord jesus we believe in the power of prayer oh god we believe in a one true god that is more more than able lord god to meet every single one of our needs lord jesus Oh God, we're in this in this church, Lord. If we were to go around, Lord, we have a whole host of testimonies, Lord, just that have gone forth, Lord, of your glory, Lord, of your power, Lord Jesus. You are just the same, same power today, Lord God, tonight, Lord Jesus, than any time, Lord, any before, Lord God, any time in the Bible when there was someone healed, Lord God. We have that same power today, Lord. Our, our perfect faith rises up, Lord Jesus, and calls for this man, Lord God that is having an attack, Lord Jesus. We pray for him, Lord God, now, Lord. We believe with our hearts, Lord Jesus, that, a, that your healing power, Lord, will reach out to him, Lord God, and cause just a peace that would go on to him, Lord God, and he would have the best sleep of his life, Lord Jesus. We believe for him, Lord God. If there's anyone else, Lord Jesus, in this, in this church, Lord God, for this service, Lord, that needs a touch from you, Lord God, we've been called to raise our hands, Lord, for a need, Lord. We all have needs, O oh God. For our families, Lord Jesus, for ourselves, Lord God, financial needs, Lord God, 
Lord God, times of life, Lord God, that get stressful, Lord Jesus, I pray you would be with the fathers, be with the mothers, Lord God. Be with the students, Lord, at BCA, Lord Jesus. The young people, Lord God, we're coming into camp, Lord Jesus. Oh God, as Brother Murphy was preaching, Lord God, we have a desire for revival in our hearts, oh God. I pray, Lord Jesus, we would press in tonight, Lord God. We know you are more than, more than able, Lord God, to pour out your life on us, Lord Jesus. To give us what we need, Lord God, to carry on. To give us the Holy Spirit, Lord. To pour out your work on us, Lord God. I pray, Lord Jesus, that we would open our hearts, Lord. Not just to be filled, Lord God, but to be used, Lord, of you, Lord God. That we would be able to wake up every morning, Lord Jesus, and say, Lord, how will I be used for you today, Lord God? Oh, Jesus, I pray for this service, Lord God, that we would open our hearts, Lord. That you'd be with the minister, Lord Jesus. That you'd anoint his lips, Lord God, to minister to your people, Lord God. Whatever you would have, Lord Jesus, we want you to have full preeminence, Lord, in this service, Lord God. The songs we would sing, Lord God, they're not just regular songs, Lord God, but the words are powerful, Lord God. We are praising your name, Lord. You are worthy to be praised, O God. I pray, Lord God, that you would shake us, Lord, out of our normality, Lord God. Shake us, Lord Jesus. It's just the regular Wednesday, Lord God, but it's an opportunity, Lord God, for you to come and speak to us, O God. For us to encounter you tonight, Lord Jesus. So, O Father, we pray, Lord God, tonight, Lord Jesus, for all the needs, Lord God. For the church, Lord, for the ministry, Lord, for our pastor, Lord, for the ministers, Lord, for the, for the missions that is going out, Lord God. For everything that this church is doing, Lord God, we ask, Lord God, that you would pull your power behind it, Lord God. For this service, Lord, we dedicate this service to you, Lord God. We ask, Lord God, that you would break every barrier in every one of our minds, Lord God, so that you can go out to every aisle, Lord, every chair, Lord God, every pew, Lord, and speak to our hearts, Lord God, that you would heal us, Lord God, heal us emotionally, Lord God, anything that is, that is hindering your work, Lord, hindering your move in our hearts, Lord God. We take you seriously tonight, Lord Jesus. We pray, Lord God, that nothing would be hindering the minister, Lord, from, from the, the, letting the Holy Spirit move, Lord God. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would be with us, Lord God, and we dedicate this service to you, Lord. We love you, Lord, with all our hearts, Lord Jesus. We have full confidence, Lord God, that we go out, Lord God, every day, Lord, knowing that, you've take, that you will take care of our needs, Lord Jesus. Knowing, Lord God, that you are enough, Lord God, no matter what our life circumstances are, Lord. That you, Lord God, are our joy, are our happiness, Lord, are our love, Lord God. You fill us, Lord Jesus, with joy and love, Lord God, no matter what our life circumstance is, Lord God. I pray, Lord, just that you would come just in this little service, Lord, and speak to our heart, Lord God, in any row, Lord Father. We love you, Lord Jesus, and we dedicate this service, Lord, to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. God bless you as you have your seats. And maybe, Brother Ben, you could just start playing the battle as the Lord's D, if you would, please. Anyway, there was a Brother Joe mentioned camp coming up two weeks from tomorrow. Uh, the deadline to register for that is February 1st, I believe. So if you have not yet registered, please do, or you might not be eating. And if you come, you want to eat. So please do register tonight, tomorrow, being the deadline so that they can have the numbers that they need to place those orders. We're going to invite our brother Murphy to come at this time. Let's just sing together. There is a source in times of need. Amen. For the battle is the Lord's. Do you believe that tonight? Amen. Let's sing it like it's a reality to us as brother Murphy comes now. There is a source in times of need. Oh, it gives me hope and it brings me
stands in my defense. So when the road you walk, oh, it leaves you tired and warm, and all your strength is gone, and your heart feels torn. thankful, so thankful to be called to the bride of Jesus Christ in his hour and to know what we believe and know where we're coming from and know where we're going to. And I know that we're uh, still live on this earth 
but there's nothing that on earth can hold us. When that moment of the rapture come, when the body changing come, and we're gonna take it out, and this is the gravity cannot hold us. The bride of Jesus Christ. How we thank you to the Lord. Let us just bow our head for a prayer. Our greater heavenly Father, Lord, how our heart is thrilled, Lord, and to know that we serve a more mighty God, and to know that we serve a God is not in history. But a God is the same today, yesterday, today, and forever. Lord, to know a God today, it means so much to me. Lord, in this hour, as the time goes on, Lord, as we、uh, live a life on this earth, Lord,、uh, just thinking about what good to know, what good to do to us to know God is just in the history, to know that God is just、uh, do things before, but don't know if He still does it today. Lord, how we thank you. You send it as a prophet. You send it as a messenger in this hour that you manifest yourself and prove to us that you still alive today, and prove to us what you have done before and you are still doing today. So, Lord, as we taking this service, we ask you, Lord, to let your Spirit come start moving and amongst your people. It's not that depends on how people,、uh, how the preachers say it or how the people, Lord, how how.、Uh, That what we are, but Lord, it depends on that you have made it a promise. You have said that if there is a two or three get together in your name, and you shall be among us. So, Lord, on that base, we come to approach you, ask you to speak to us tonight, and we ask it in Jesus' name, Amen. Let's turn to the Scripture Book of Hebrew. Thank you, musician. Thank you, Brother Ryan. Thank you for the prayer, Brother Joe. That was、uh, marvelous. I really appreciate that.、Um, book of Hebrew, chapter twelve. Book of Hebrew, chapter twelve, a word, a verse one. Wherefore, seeing we also are come past about. With so great a cloud of a witness, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience that the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and is set down at the right hand. Of the throne of God, may the Lord bless His、uh, word that you may be seated. I would like to uh, uh, just continue speaking on Luke and、uh, keep on looking,、uh, but I didn't tell the other brothers、um, uh, in, the, uh, in the song room. I'd like to have a subtitle of it:、uh, "Run and keep running." It's not just、uh, look and keep looking. But also run and keep running. How I got to the service,、um, uh, I've been listening to,、uh, watching the.、Uh, there was one service that Brother Ed has、uh, preached、uh, years and years ago. I think it was in 1986, and、uh, he preached the service that the title was、uh, "Let Us Run." And I don't know how many times I, I watched that service. It was so inspired of me. And I think it's、um, uh, I forgot who put it on there. I think it's from a Bible Believers Tabernacle in the North. Or South Carolina, 
And I, I would definitely suggest uh, if you ever got a chance and uh, go to that, that on YouTube or whatever that is made available to uh, watch the service, I think they will uh, do it as good. And this is the time that's not only we look, and this is also the time let us run. If uh, Brother Ed has a run to the first part of that, uh, this is the second part. This is a continuation of a let us run. And that I think we have something we can, we can run about. Uh, is that a word? Something we can run. Something in our hands that uh, uh, we need to run. And that, uh, it's not just sort of running without a purpose. It's not just sort of running without something that we're uh, uh, in our hands to run. But God gave us something that we need to run about. We need to run and uh, run continually. It's not just uh, run a little while and uh, lay down and have rest. This is not the time for us to have a rest. But this is the time for us Keep on running. And I'm not running, try to escape. We're running to the destination. And Brother Bramma said, um, uh, in the led by the Spirit of God, and he said, um, he said, did you ever get done that I prayed until it come to a place that you felt like you was walking on clouds? He said, that's when you were getting light. The Bible said in the Hebrew, the, 11, uh, the 12th chapter, seeing that we are compassed, about by such a great cloud of a witness, let us lay aside at every weight. That means, Brother Abraham said, that means an empty up, and to the sin that does so easily beset us, that we might run with patience the race that's set before us, looking to the author and the finisher of our faith, the Lord Jesus. And it also said in the Jehovah Jireh, and he said that the Hebrew, that the 11th chapter says that these things uh, was for our example, seeing that we compassed it about with such a great cloud of a witness where to lay aside at every sin. What is a sin? Unbelief. Every sin. Every unbelief of God's word that does so easily beset at us. If you want to run, you must run without any burden. You don't see uh, when you're the people to run in an Olympic and uh, put uh, uh, some heavy uh, suit on, to put a heavy boots on, and try to run the, uh, the marathon, all, all, no matter, or the 100 meter, or the 400 meter, whatever one they run, uh, they are taking away to the, as much as they can. They almost feel they can run the naked if the, 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 the little things was, uh, uh, become too heavy for them. But you see, this is the time that I, we said for us to run. But run in order for you to run, and you need to lay aside of it everything. We run for one purpose. It's for the prize of the high calling that God has called us in Christ Jesus. And that's the prize that we're running for. And if the person is running, they're not running uh, purposelessly. Uh, they're running with a purpose. They're running with a goal. And to the world, to the people, when they run, they run for a gold medal. Nobody just run for the race just for to get a second place. Nobody run the race just for the third place. Everybody running for the first place. And that's their goal. That's their purpose. And they want to do. They only have one purpose in their life. Is to striving for to get to the first place. And we're running and striving only for one purpose of life. For that body change. And that's the reason that we live on this earth. That's what we're living. Uh, we go to work and you go to school. And no matter what you do. But there's a one purpose in our whole life. It's to meet our God face to face. When that body changes has come. 
And then that everything that we do, every exercise, every training, and every trials that we're going through on this earth, and it's all worth it. Because that's the high calling and that God wants us to have. And so when we run, and um, I remember at one time, I think Brother Thomas had preached in that, uh, there was a call to the running of the, the century. I forgot the name of uh, the two person. And then when they, uh, they, uh, uh, there was a two person, they were running, uh, have a match. And I think it's 800 meter or 400 meter, I forgot. And they, uh, they tried to break the record. And the one person was running. And, um, but then uh, he was, as they, they come into a close, and he turned to look, uh, where is uh, his rival? Is that? But when he turned to look, his rival passing by him. Because he lost his momentum. He lost his rhythm. I think this is the time we, sh- we cannot be distracted by anything. Uh, you will lose your momentum. If you're in the revival, keep on the revival. If you have a pray to the Lord and ask the Lord for certain things, keep looking at Him. If you have a run good, why stop? If you have a run good, if God has to answer your prayer, keep on running. This is not a time for it to be lax. This is not a, not a time to light on the bar, to let the different things as it come into our life. And that we, think about it. You're coming to the last lap. We're coming to the, the last round and the last moment. What a pity if a person lost it in this type of a race. And what a pity if, if, it happened, if the rapture had happened, if the, uh, if the body change had happened, and we're coming to the, the final time, and then we miss it. Oh. God forbid for us to have that. This message is to give us stamina, give us the strength to finish the race. It's not a who started the race. It's not how good that you run the race, right? Well, very good in the beginning is who can endure to the end. And so when you run, you must keep focus. And when you run, you must look to. And look to the goal. Look to the finishing line. And no matter how the uh, people's are cheering at you or people are jeering at you or mocking at you, no matter what the outer sound it is, but we don't have a one goal. When a person determined to go for that one goal and they had a, such a willpower, they won't let anything else to distract them. And that there are many things that in this world it try to distract you. And sometimes it doesn't take it a whole lot of distraction, just one look. It can so distract the person, then they lost the rhythm of it. They lost their zeal. They lost their passion. They started looking if this person, how, how about this person? How about that person? What that to do with you? And follow thou me. I think Brother, Tom, uh, Brother Tim has uh, preached on that. So this is the time for us to keep our eyes and looking uh, to the Lord Jesus, who is the author and the finisher. When we look, you must, look, you must know what you're looking at. And so when, when the scripture that we just uh, read, it said, let us run with the patience that the race that is set before us. But right next to the verse, it said, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. When you look, you must look at the right thing. If you don't look at the right thing, no matter how fix your, you fix your eye to look, you wouldn't get to the result. There's the one thing, one person, if I should say, that we need to look at. That is the Jesus Christ. That is the author and finisher of our faith. It's not our own faith, but he's the author and the finisher of our faith. 
And our eyes must be looking at him as a person. It's not to look at the, you know, when the, in, the, uh, in the Bible, there's in the book of Galatians, when those are the people, and Paul said, you run well. And they are, when in the beginning, they run good. They are believed that the grace of God has provided them an atonement. But as the time goes on, their, uh, their fixing of their eyes starts to shifting. Instead of looking to the author and the finisher of their faith, they start looking to the law. They started looking into the circumcision. They started looking into something that if the grace of God has started the work, it has to take the grace of God to finish the work. If God is the Jesus Christ that is the author of our faith, He starts our faith, He has to finish our faith. If He is the one to start our running, then He has to be the one that to keep us running and that finish our running. He's the source. He's the force. And He's the stamina. He's the strength. He's everything that we need to do to have to finish this race. So when He says, look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And what is a... Uh, let's look at the, the word author. The author, author, the word coming from uh, uh, the, uh, the Greek word, uh, I can't pronounce it, but uh, it, it means um, it's the beginning, it's the origin. And so uh, it's talking about the, the person or thing that was commenced. And the first person or thing in the series, the leader. And he's talking about the author that by which anything began to be, the origin. The active cause. I mean, he's the force that he can, he's not just calling you that you come up higher, but he's also the resource, the force for you to come up higher. He's the active cause of it. And it is also, he's the anything to begin to, uh, he's the or, origin. And that's what the author means. And it also it means, uh, also the word uh, finisher. As the author, he's also the finisher. The finisher, and it means perfectness. It's talking about the perfection. And if he is the author, he's the initiator, he's also the finisher of your faith. We start to believe in him, but he's also to end our faith. Not to come to an end, but he will make that faith become a perfect. He will accomplish what he called you to do. If he had to call you, he was furnishing you the enough force for you to do it, for you to finish the course. And it also means to brought to this end, to, uh, to be finished. That means that wanting nothing necessary to completeness. There's nothing wanting. There's nothing lacking. I mean perfect. That which is a perfect the consummate of the human integrity and virtue of man, full grown, adult, of age, and mature. He's all in all. He started his race, he will finish this race. Where is he finished? He finished himself in you. He finished the race in you. He has enough force that you let you to last to until the end. But you must look to him. And you must keep your eyes on him. Let him be the driving force. Let him be the force that is calling you, come up higher. And he will draw you like a magnet. And you are the iron that can be magnetic too. 
as the Brother Bram was talking in the message, there was a big machine coming into the factory. And that anything that is, can be magnetized out of the way, like an iron or whatever, it can be attracted and coming up and put into the furnace and to be remelted in it again. And if we are, if God called us to be the bride of this hour, then we have enough things that are in us, the seed that are in there, that can be magnetized. And when God is calling us, and there is a force there. And then there is a force there to attract it by that. To draw by that. You cannot even help. There was a something that was right in you. You are responding to that call. It's not you, you just hear and you are answering. But something just draw you onto them. When a word is started speaking, some force is drawing it into that. When you're listening to the message, there is a drawing power in that. It draws you right into it. And then the word said to the lay aside. And that means that we have to put everything aside. And to the lay aside to the sin that is easily beset us. And to the what is a sin? And Brother Bram said, uh, I just quoted it to you. That's the unbelief. And you have to lay aside the unbelief. It's not to lay aside your drinking. It's not to lay aside your smoking. It's not to lay aside your adultery and all those things. Those things are the attributes of a sin. And you do that because you don't believe. But if you lay aside your unbelief and you start to believe in the Lord, and then that force will take the smoking away, will take the drinking away, will take the drug away, will take everything away. Because there's a force in that. But you must lay aside your unbelief. You have that choice. You can choose to say, now, Lord, I believe your word. And that's your choice. I can't choose it for you. Your mom cannot choose it for you. And your friends cannot choose it for you. You have to make the decision. Said, I'm not looking at myself. I know I'm as filthy as it can be. I know I tried it many times. And not one time is going to work. And not one time is going to work. But Lord, I believe. At least I believe. I'm now from this time on. I believe your word. You watch the word of God start working in you. You must lay aside of the, law, the sin that is easily beside us. And as we time it goes on, and as we start to travel this journey, we'll find out it's not just to lay aside at one time, then the whole thing is done. You have to constantly lay aside. Constantly lay aside to the things the devils try to throw it on you. Constantly lay aside the weight that the devil started to pack it on you. And sometimes it is the things that, that we, we, we probably never even thought to, to be laid aside. And sometimes we lay aside. You have to lay aside your regret. You have to lay aside your self-inflicted pain. And things that you've done wrong. You have to lay that out aside. And sometimes you have to lay aside your past success. You said, oh, I, I, I just remember the time I was so, you know, the, the Lord laid that aside. What about now? And sometimes we have to lay aside our memory channel. I've done that, I've done that. I wish I'd never done that. Lay that aside. Because that becomes easily besetting you. That becomes the things that start to nagging on you. That becomes the things that start to wrap you up. That you cannot run. You start to run with a heavy weight. You're still coming to the church? 
You start with one thing, but those things will start besetting you. Those things will start to drag you down. You watch it when you, if you're not be careful, you come into the church, you try to live a successful spiritual life, you come into the church, you believe in the word, but when you're going out, if you don't lay aside, those things are going to start nagging on you, nagging on you, you will never live a successful spiritual believer life. Or in another word, you, you can never live, a, you can never how to say this? You can never live, uh, uh, you always live under your privilege. Does that make sense? God called you to be here, and you always live right here. You never dropped it into the filth of living, but you're just mediocre. You're just something, you just, uh, you can never, you can never just be set free. You can never be liberated. You can never just, to worship Him. That in the freedom. It seems like you can never just have that the joy of God that was uh, deposited in you. It seems like you never have the, to live that uh, level up with the privilege that God has given to you. You need to lay aside a lot of things. When those things will be setting on you, though you start to running, but you become a heavy, and it consumes you a lot of strength. If you're a, if you're a, uh, that have some heavy things on you, and you know, I know that the people they're training, that are running, they put the, uh, the, the sandbags on them. But as the training, it's when they're in the real race, and they have to lay, put that on the side, so that when they lay that on the side, they start to run fast. And we have to do the same thing. This is not a time to training. This is the time in a real battle. This is the time in the real race. When you're coming to the real race, you have the choice to lay aside that everything that easily besetting you. No matter what. And sometimes we have to lay aside. And as the poet was saying here, you are, Jesus is the author of our faith. But he's also a finisher of our faith. Let me say this. If God started working in your life, He has to finish it. You cannot say just, oh, God has done the great thing that in my life, and now He let me, uh, uh, He just let me down. Now He just let, uh, he just let me uh, uh, become a failure. He has to finish it up. But sometimes we allow Him to start the work, but we wouldn't allow Him to finish it. We allowed him to become author of our faith. Who take the smoke out of you? Who take the drinking out of you? Who take the pornography and all those things out of you? The author of our faith has taken that out of you. By what? By you yield yourself. By you lay that thing down. You said, Lord, I just cannot do it. Lord said, would you want to lay that down? You said, yes, I laid it down. And God take that away from you. Who take the smoking out of me? God take that out of me. Who take the drinking out of me? God take that out of me. And if God is the author of the, our faith, He must be the finisher of our faith. But it's taking me constantly, you, myself, lay that down so that He can become a finisher of my faith. 
you look at the, the people, the believers, sometime there, they let God become an author of their faith. They start to the running, they run good. But then later on in their journey, they wouldn't let to God Himself, let to the Jesus Christ to become a finisher of His faith. They pack it on this. God said, Do you want to lay it down? They start to think about it. Should I forgive or should I not? Now I have the right to do this. I have a right to say that. And when they start to lay things along, along them, they're packing those things around them, they start to run slow. And when that, and then that the God become the author of their faith, but it's not a finisher of their faith. You have the choice to let him to become a finisher of your faith. But how to do it? Look to him. There's nothing else you can do but look to him. And when you look to him, lay it aside. Look to him and lay it aside. And sometimes when we're coming to the point, we go to the journey and we say, Lord, I'm not worthy. And that becomes a heavy weight. And they pack it on you. And you cannot let him become the finisher of your faith. You said, oh, I've done this and I have all those things that I shouldn't do. I'm not worthy for him to, uh, to uh, you will never be worthy. But he's the finisher. If you allow him to be an author of your faith, initiator of your faith, he can also journey along with you and take it, everything out of you and make you perfect. Make you a complete. But Abraham said in the law of grace, he said, it isn't whether you are good enough. To be a Christian or not. It's whether he was good enough. If God accepted him. And his blood makes an atonement. God don't see you. He sees the lamb. You know when we said I'm not worthy. It seems like the things that I do. Do you find out that the people. They always try to be good enough. So that they can witness. Good believer. Hypocrite, don't do that. Good believer, they said, I, I must be good enough. Otherwise, they'll feel that the condemner always behind them to condemn them. You witness, look at you. Look at what you just did. Look at you, what you just said. How in the world are you can witness to another person what you yourself is that? Who's talking? Devil's talking. And many times we help him. We're a great helper. But God don't examine you. You said, you give me the green ticket so that I can sin? I give you the green ticket. You can look to the sacrifice. He's always there. He said, he sees the lamb. And because we feel we're unworthy, we always have to wait till when I get good enough. Then I can do certain, certain things. When I become a good enough, or when I get a faith enough, that I can pray, that I can believe. When I get enough faith to believe Him, then I'll see miracles happen. It doesn't work that way. God doesn't examine you, but He examines the Lamb. He examines the sacrifice. 
But Branham said that that was me, William Branham, no good, not fit to live, worthy to go to hell, born in a sinful family, raised to the sinner, no good at all, not one sound part about me. But one day, I accepted. That's the whole thing. Two words, I accepted. One day, I accepted. It's not a one day I become a good enough. One day I accept it. Is that a one day I'm a pounding at an altar? One day I accept it. Is that a one day I come to the church? But one day I accept it. One day when you accept it, that's from that time on, God's vision changed. He's not a look at you to judge you, but you become a transparent. Then you become a can't see you, you become a see-through. Why? Because there's a body in there. All the sin was done away. All the guilt was done away. All the red, when red is blood, looks through red sin and it becomes a pure white. But Abraham said, Hallelujah. When God looked down on Christ and Christ took my place, then God don't see me. If God got an eye, God become a blind. He cannot see you anymore. He only sees through the blood. He sees the perfect one. I'm not perfect, but he sees the perfect one. The perfect one living in the imperfect you. Then as long as I'm in here, in him, then I'm perfected. It's not that at a time in a few years later, you become, a, when you're in Him, you are perfected. It's not a two years later, 20 years later, 30 years later, when you're in Him now, then you are perfected. It's a past tense. It's not in the future. It's already happened. The reason you are sitting here, you believe the word, you receive the word, because there is a perfect one living in you. When He looks at you, brother Alex, he said, I'm not seeing you. I'm seeing a perfect one. I don't possess the God's eye. But God has the eye. And that eye only looks through the blood that you have received. You're not a perfected before man. But you perfected it before God. It's not man take me to heaven. It's God take me to heaven. It's not a man just to try to prepare me a home to stay in. But it's God has a prepared place. And you only need to please Him. Not in myself, in Him. Not in my perfection. I don't have any. You don't have any. But it is His perfection. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. That's the way it is today. We're guilty. Unworthy should die. We're not worthy of a living. We're not worthy to come to Christ. We're not worthy to ask anything. But God never looks at your unworthiness. He looks at the lamb. Now if he can find no fault in Christ, then you're free. It's not even he can find no fault in you, Brother Cobus. He said, if I can find no fault in Christ, then you are free. He said, see, he died in your stead. 
Now, if there is any fault with him, you are not free yet. But God don't examine you. He examines the lamb. God has to examine the Christ, the lamb, so carefully. Make sure there's no fault in there. And even in the pilot's hall. And he has to let a pilot to judge him, to try to find it. But they cannot condemn him. Because they find no sin, no unbelief that is in him. He is perfect. Christ is the word. The word has no fault. The word has manifested. The word has demonstrated. And in the perfectness, there's no fault in there. And though there's the people try to mock him, though there's the people try to condemn, they try to find fault in Christ, but none of them is successful. Because God has vindicated, examined him through and through. Then there's no fault in Christ. If there's no fault in that land, then you are free. Your freedom is based on him. Your freedom is hinged on him. That's why God checked that carefully. Make sure that no condemnation can condemn that Christ. No fault to that in that word. Let me read this. Let's not talk about it just a years ago. Talk about it in this age. God has to bring this word into the examination. Because of Christ it is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If there's no fault in Christ, then we are free. If there's no fault in the word, then you are free. When, we're, when, when a prophet is going to be uh, beyond the curtain of the time. And then all of some people running to him. And they said, he said, this is your people. But Abraham said, are they all Branham? He said, no, they are your converts. And the one that the voice said, 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 you have to be judged. He said, I preach exactly what Paul has preached. I didn't preach anything. I'll preach exactly what the word has talked about. Then the millions of the voices, we're resting on that. Even Paul's people can go in. He said, my people can go in. Why? The word has to be exempt. When the word was examined, there was no fault. Then we are free. In expectation, he said, you haven't served God in a discernment line. You haven't served God in the way that you should, be, you should have. I could, I could see that. You've had a desire, but you haven't done it. That can describe many people. They have a desire, oh, I want to do, I want to do it, but they've never done it. In reality, they've never done it. He said, would you serve him from now on? He said, you promised that? And the other person said, yeah. He said, no way to know that. Only through God. Is that right? And Brother Bram said, listen to this. He said, I see you trying. What a vision. What an eye. He said, you even prayed before you come here. Trying to find favor. Are you trying to find favor? Trying to find favor, didn't you? You were kneeling by the side of a chair recently where there is a little table sitting on the right-hand side praying, trying to find favor. 
This is a God was speaking. This is not just that you're hearing a man's voice, but this is a God is speaking. And he said, then if by by the Spirit of God is telling you now the same thing, like was told to the woman at her well. He said, when a master was there, he told her the secret thing that was keeping her from her liberty. And she said, she accepted him, said, come, see a man who told me all things. And his spirit is here now. Working through his servant, telling you. He said, you believe that? And I've told you the thing that's hindering you. You will accept him now. Will you do that? And then the prophet started to pray. He said, forgive her, Lord, of every transgression granted, Father, that she will be your child from now on, seeing her persuading to you, seeing that a mistake that she made on her father and your spirit able to call it out right here at the platform. But thou demon, upon the confession of this woman's faith, in the Son of a God, I come in the name of Jesus Christ, professing the gift of divine healing. You are made known. You can't hide any longer. Come out of the woman through Jesus Christ. Then he said, something has left you. He said, you accepted him. You are healed. What's happened? God doesn't examine it in a woman. Yes, the woman has been examined. He done this. She done that. She done all of that. But then God examined the lamb. He examined the word. And the word has no fault. And everything he said is absolutely the truth. And when that absolute truth was vindicated, demonstrated, then God said, you are free. Why? Because he's not examining the woman, but examining Christ. There's no fault in God's word. And God approved to that woman, there's no fault in God's word. And in that moment, when that woman receiving it, and she received her forgiveness. She received her freedom. God examined Christ. And there's no fault that in this word. If there's no fault in this word, then we can be free. You believe that? He's here. It's a cancerous condition. And that man sitting right there has the same thing. Them demons are the screaming one to another. He said, for pity, mercy, they're calling. He said, the battle is here. Now your faith will determine which way it goes. But don't forget, he is the author and the finisher of our faith. If you have the faith of the author and the finisher, you will believe his word. You will say that that's nothing but the truth. And you believe that it will come off of your face, sir? He said, God will let you get well. He said, he's screaming for mercy. He said, both of them. He said, you're both right now at a verge of being healed. What God is doing is proving to them there's no fault that in Christ. There's no fault in this word. If there's a no fault in Christ, then you can be go free. He said, that's the truth. That's the truth. And another case, I have just it's a page after page of this. I'm just reading one more. And he said, it's a high blood pressure. It is something on the heart. It's a heart trouble. He said, you want to get over the nervousness? 
He said, you have no assurance of yourself. It gives you all kinds of a funny feeling. <coughs> he said, you have all kinds of upset feeling, like you was going to lose your mind and everything. It bothers you real bad sometimes. Get real bad and you get melancholy. And they have to go off and sit down. He said, when you are walking on the street, I see you. It gets on you there. Sometimes you have to go back home because it's bothering so bad. He said, I'm not reading your mind, but your life can be high now. At this time, the Holy Spirit gave me jurisdiction over every spirit and everyone's subject now. He said, between you and I is a dark cloud floating like a breath. Many people told you, oh, just get next to yourself. I believe it was. Forget about it, but you can't do it. Because there is something at you all the time. It's haunting at you. But he said, is that the truth? If by God's grace and God's power and the divine presence of Jesus Christ, if he will leave you now, will you never permit it to come back again? And then he said, Satan, he said, Almighty God, as there's a young woman standing here, Satan determined to put her in the incense institution and let her butt her brains against the wall, but thou art here to deliver her. And this is the hour that she's watched for all along. Almighty God, help your poor servant that is a girl that is bound by his enemy, that she will be liberated this very hour. Oh, God is proving to her there's no fault in this land. There's no fault in the word. And now you can raise your head. He said, it's gone from her. God bless you, lady. He said, now you go rejoice and happy. It ain't going to bother you anymore. The prophet said, if there is any fault with him, you are not free yet. But God don't examine you. He examines the lamb. You say, I'm not worthy to walk out of this wheelchair tonight. That's right, you're not. But God don't examine you. Don't examine you what? Don't examine your faith. He's not examining that how super, super duper faith that you have. He said he examined Christ. And if he is worthy, then you can walk. How simple that is. It's not something that is complicated. Sometimes we make it complicated. But he said he's not examining you, but examining the Lamb. The Word that you have received. You ever say there's nothing but the truth? You ever said that that's exactly the truth, the prophet? I believe it, every bit of it. When truth was presented to you, when you receive it, you can have what you ask for. There is no fault. He said, it de- he said, it depend- he said that's right. Depends on what you think about it. If we said that the word has no fault, then I'll say his salvation has no fault. His deliverance has no fault. His healing has no fault. And a rapture faith has no fault. If the word has been examined, there's nothing fault that's in there. Everything that in that word has been proved absolutely the truth. But it depends on what you think about it. 
You, is it your choice? Lord, what should I choose? It's on your lap. Lord, I believe it. You said, well, that's uh, that simple. You think about how Hattie Wright. Hattie Wright, Hattie Wright what she said. And she said that that's nothing but the truth. When the prophet was speaking about the, the, the squirrel and, and everything. And Hattie Wright said, that's nothing but the truth. She probably said that there was nothing but the truth during the service, before the service, and many services. But she believed every word. And then it's that time that is her time. It's the other time when she said, and there's nothing but the truth. It seems like nothing happened. But she, she believed it. She believed every word. And then her time come. You keep on believing the word. You say, Lord, that's nothing but the truth. And there will be one time, it will be your time. When the truth was presented, you believe it. One time, it will be your time. When the truth was speaking unto you, and you don't try to find when is my heading right time? Every time is your heading right time. When the truth was presented to you, and then you believe it, you say, That's nothing but the truth. And one day, that will be your day. Just as simple as that. Depends on what you think about it. No matter what you've done, God never looks at you. He looks at the lamb. He's already accepted the lamb, so you are free. We realize that we're not worthy, and we will never be worthy. There's no way for us to be worthy. And we're not accounting our worthiness. We're looking to our sacrifice. The Lord Jesus, He is who we are hiding in tonight. We're sancti- we are sanctuary, sanctuaried in His blessed promise in His Word. That Word has been proved. The Word has been vindicated. He's the author and the finisher. Author also means a leader. It's not just a, that we're thinking of writing a book. The author also means a chief leader, a prince, one that it takes the lead in anything and thus afford an example. Uh, author is also, he must be an example, he must be a leader. He must be the one that will lead to the charge. And the pre- predecessor. Is that a word? Predecessor. In a matter or pioneer. No one else did it. He's the one did it. And that's the author. He's the one who's the author and the finisher of our faith. And in another word, he's the one to demonstrate to the power. He's the one to lead to the charge. He's the one that the captain of the fire marshal said, Come on, boys. It's not a spirit of little water here, a spirit of little water there. It was like the captain of the fire department in Louisville, Brother Brandon was talking about. He said, Come on, boy. He said, as the, as the letter went up, he went up with the letter. And he threw the axe into the window, and then the fire was put out in a few minutes. He's the captain. He's the one that demonstrates. He's the one that leads the whole church. 
He doesn't ask you to do things without him doing it first. He's the one that is leading it. And then in the first Corinthians there's a two my goodness. In the first Corinthians the two four, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing word of a man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of a power. The preaching of the gospel is to demonstrate the power. Preaching the gospel is not just to give you a bunch of a word and try to give you a mind over matter. Or give you just some, a, a book on the shelf, a passing out a track. No, it's demonstrated the power. It's that Christ has never said to go into all the world and teach the word. The Bible doesn't say that. He said to go into all the world and to preach the gospel. Not teaching the word or preaching the gospel. The letter killeth, the spirit will give a life. But what is the gospel? Paul said that the gospel come not in word only, but through the power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. If there's a demonstration, there must be a demonstrator. The book cannot demonstrate itself. The page cannot demonstrate itself. There must be a demonstrator to demonstrate it. And we had a great demonstrator, that is Jesus Christ, has been demonstrated that. And that Jesus Christ has not died, and in this age, and God himself coming down in flesh and demonstrated it to us. Demonstration. In a Webster, that means to act, the act of a demonstration or exhibiting, exhibiting certain proof is different than what we're thinking of demonstrating. And then in a Webster, it is said that the highest, that's the highest degree of evidence. When a person demonstrates, and that's the highest degree of evidence. There was no higher degree than this one. He gave it at the highest degree of evidence and a certain proof exhibited or such a proof as established a fact or proposition beyond the possibility of doubt. There's no doubt of it. Beyond any suspicious or possibility of doubt or as to show the country position to be absurd or impossible. When the demonstrating come, there's no doubt. When the demonstration come, then, then that's the highest degree of evidence. In another word, when the demonstrator demonstrated that before you, there's no more greater than this. That is the greatest thing that God can ever do. When he come on demonstrated, and that's what God said to you, I'm coming to the end. This is everything. This is all that you can get. And when demonstrating, demonstrate a certain thing, it's not just a demonstrator that you say, oh, praise the Lord. When a certain person demonstrates a certain thing, you got to do it. Is that clear? You look at me like I'm a Chinese. When the demonstrator demonstrated before you the things that I do, you shall do also. You have to do exactly what I demonstrated you to do. If I heal the sick, you do the same thing. If I preach the gospel demonstrated, you do the same thing. If I let the blind can see, you do the same thing. 
You rise out of the dead and resurrection, and you do the same thing. That's the purpose of a demonstration. It's not just to show you the evidence. Ha ha ha! Wonderful. You do the same thing. There's a responsibility. Follow the one the demonstrator started demonstrating. Then Paul said, he said that the, the word of speech and that my preaching was not an enticing word, it was a man's wisdom, but in demonstrating of the spirit and of the power. Then you become a follower of the disciple, Apostle Paul. That means that you do exactly what he did. But Abraham said, he said, my calling is to get into a gift that came from God for an inspiration for the people. He said, I'm just a little bit a part of it, but it was given to me in order that it be demonstrated before the church. That everybody may catch the vision of the supernatural part, part that God liveth and reigns in his church today. And he is here to bless us all. Amen. When Jesus come to demonstrate to the, the gospel. Luke 4.18. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me. The spirit of the Lord is that upon him. To anoint him. He said to preach the gospel to the poor. If he, if God anointed in him and to preach the gospel, that means to demonstrate the gospel, that to preach to the poor. And in other words, to demonstrate that the power of the gospel to the poor. What does anointing mean? Anointing means consecrating, to furnishing him with the necessary power. For its administration. That's anointing. Anointing coming from the word. And it was another word. That anointing was coming from. It means to receive alone. It means borrow. Do you have a loan? When you have a loan. You got to pay back. Anointing. When he given it to you as a loan. As you borrowed. You must pay back. If you receive it alone, then from the bank and for your mortgage and for your house, you have to pay every month. If you miss a payment, your house might get a, a, get a, be a, a take it back about a bank. You must pay when it's loan to you, you must have paid it back. If it's anointing, it was an anointing from God, it's a loan to you. You have to pay it back. If you receive a loan, if you receive an anointing, the anointing must have a result come out. When Jesus, when he comes, he said, the Spirit of God anointing me. And you look at it, what's the result come out of it? When he received a loan, receiving an anointing, the result is, I preach the gospel to the poor. When there's anointing coming, it's not just shouting, it's not just screaming, it's not just dancing around, but when an anointing comes, he demonstrated the power of the Holy Ghost. He demonstrated the power of God. And he started to preach, demonstrate the gospel to the poor. What is the poor? It's a destitute of a wealth. Destitute of influence. In other words, there's no wealth, there's no influence. 
They have no position, no honor. Lowly, afflicted, destitute of Christian virtue. And eternal riches, helpless, powerless, and accomplished. Nothing. That's the poor. Who was talking about? You and me? But the gospel is a preach for those type of people. The gospel is demonstrated to those type of people. You said I'm a powerless, but the gospel has a desperate, has a demonstrated it to you. You said I have no influence, but the gospel has a demonstrated it to you. And he said to preach the gospel to the poor. And he has to send me to heal the brokenhearted. Is your heart ever broken? There was no age like this that so many heart has been broken. And it was the, the heart means the seed of the spiritual life. In other words, the spiritual life has been broken. The soul, the mind, our thoughts, our passion, the desire, an appetite, an affection, purpose, endeavors, and the will and the character is all been broken. Who is talking about? He's talking about you and me. No matter how broken heart you are, no matter how broken spirit you are, no matter how your mind, your purpose, endeavor, and everything, you have no spiritual appetite. No matter, even the sensibility this is gone. You become a doll to the dealing with the Lord. But he said, I'm anointed to heal the brokenhearted. He's an author and the finisher of our faith. He's a demonstrator. He said, I'm a demonstrator right before you. I'm the one can heal the brokenhearted. And to preach the deliverance to the captive. If you've been captivated by the world, he said, the Lord Jesus said, I'm the demonstrator. I'm coming here to preach the deliverance to the captive. And to recovering the sight to the blind. He was anointed to do that. And another one, he was a demonstrator to demonstrate all of this virtue that is before it is the people. And set at liberty them that are bruised. But as I said, he's not only just a demonstrator so that you can just praise him and worship the Lord, you are great. He demonstrated and said, you do the same. Because the two them that believe, this side shall follow them. The things that I do, shall you do also. Because I go to my Father, but I come back. I come back in the form of the Holy Spirit. And I'm a dwell inside of you. I have demonstrated it before you. That in that age, and also in this age, and you do the same thing. Demonstrate is do just what I did. And if he's a finisher, he's an author, you possess it at a power that you can do the same thing. The mama eagle was a flying before it is to the youngs. And that he's not just a show to her, show to the kids, and the little eagle that say how great I am. And if flopping this wind is to show to them, you do the same thing. If I can fly, you can fly. If I ever done this, you can do this. And God has come encompassed us with a great cloud of a witness. Not to let us the praise. That a God in the history, God, you can do this. You're a great, mighty God. He said, if they do that, you do the same thing. We're not just having the size of a man's hand, the cloud. But God gave us the great witness of a cloud that encompassed us. So that a demonstrator before us said, you can do the same thing. When Elisha 
when she when he was a following that Elijah and he followed him and do what a he would keep his eye on the prophet and he was a, a burn of the bridge that are behind him when he done all that he could when he done all that required and then the mentor of Elijah fall on the earth and he picked it up and he smited at the river and he went across Elijah has demonstrated it before him. There was an mantle he folded and smited at the river that he went through. And that demonstrating power and in that mantle, when Elijah has that, then he done the same thing. Though he doesn't understand, he said, where is the God of Elijah? But in his hand, there's a mantle. In his hand... There is the one that has been demonstrated before. Now is in his hand. God has to honor that. Though he said, where is the God of Elijah? It seems like he doesn't even know. But that mantle has been fallen on him. The power of God has been fallen on you. No matter you understand or don't understand. But the word of God has entrusted it to you. You said, where is the God of Elijah? It's right in you. It was right in that mantle that God had given it to you. If you do whatever that it required you to do, you keep your eye on Elijah like Elisha did. You burn a bridge like Elisha did. And you cross the river like Elisha did. And you said, I will never leave you like Elisha did. And he said, if you see me going, he said, you will have what you ask. You're asking a double portion. That is the hard thing. But if you see me going, you can have what you have. When you've done everything that it requires you to do, that mantle will fall on you. And then you can pick it up, that mantle. You can smite your situation. Though you don't understand, you start at the same time, you're remembering where is the God of Elijah? Where is the God of the prophet? Why I go through it is a darkness. But you folded up the word of God. Lord, you have given it to me. By your stripe that I'm healed. And that river Jordan has to open. Though you might be weak as you can be. But the mantle has to fall on you. You said, where is the God of Elijah? You have a question in your mind. It's said, where is the reality of the gospel? But you have that a mantle to drop it on you. You have done all God requires you to do. You can smite your trial. You can smite your situation. You can smite it to the broken heart. You can smite the depression. You can smite everything that come upon you. And it has to open. Why? God has to honor that. No matter the question. Though, my, there, though there might be men battling, though you might lost the strength, but the mental has been fallen on you. The prophet said, oh, Brother, where, what is in your hand? It's got right in you, it's in your heart, it is all over you. The Holy Ghost, do something about it, throw it out there. Trust God, says certainly God promised it to me, and I believe it. 
they went out with the same mantle that was upon Jesus Christ. And then even in the shadow and were healed. When Apostle Peter, who they then was healed, it wasn't the apostle that done it. It wasn't his shadow that done it. It was their faith in God has done that. The same God is in the people today. But you're afraid to let it loose. Turn loose of your faith. Is the musician come? During the Second World War, American uh, invented the, the atomic bomb. That's the first and the last time used it in the, the history that on Hiroshima. And when they uh, invented the, the bomb, and in the beginning, I might be wrong, but you just take it as my Murphy's version of it. And Einstein, and it has the equation. M equals, no, no. You hear that? <laughs> something equals uh, square something. <laughs> Einstein invented that. He's the great brain. He's the thought. And he has uh, that in his mind. But somebody has to carry that to practice. I'm not a pearl for war. I'm just trying to make a point here. I trust you understand me. And then the American, the scientist, that is taking that, that the concept. And then they had the Manhattan Project. And the different scientists, the Oppenheimer or whoever, that they start to get together. That has the Manhattan Project. Then they put that equation, that thought, that brain into work. And then they make it, they do the street search and everything. And finally, they made it an atomic bomb. And after they make it an atomic bomb... And they sent it to the team of the people. And I think that the captain's name, his name is Paul Tibbetts. And he leads it to the team. And they put it on the B-29. And they carried it as an atomic bomb. And it to Hiroshima and dropped the bomb. And that bomb ended the war. And you know, Brother Brandon, we're talking about the greatest battle I ever fought. It's not how long linger of this battle. But it's how soon you finish it. And those people that ask it, even Paul Tibbet said, don't you have a feeling for those people? He said, I do, but I have to put my feeling behind. I got a job to do. Then I thought about, what a great inspiration in there. And God gave us the word. That's the thought of God. It was like an equation that's in God's mind. But it taken a scientist to put that into use. To put out into the practice. And to make that a bomb. And God sent it a great scientist. It's not Oppenheimer. But it's called a William Brennan. And it's not just to put that in the book. Into the shelf. But it put what God as the thought is. And it put into the practice. And makes it an atomic bomb out of it. And it makes it a word of God. That in this hour. But you know what? No matter how great that a bomb is, no matter how powerful that bomb is, there must be have a team, the principal team. There must be have a team that get on an airplane to drop the bomb. 
And in order for them to drop the bomb, they have to change the airplane. The B-29, they have to take away the gun. They take away the, they remodel it because it's too heavy. The bomb is too powerful. They take away all the guns. We're used to guns when you get a bomb. When you had an atomic bomb, you don't need any gun. They don't need a bullet. They don't need that. They just take everything, lay aside everything that easily beset them. They said, we got a bomb. We need a drop. They don't understand that E equals MC square. They've never been to the Manhattan Project, know what's going on there. They're, we're not the prophet and know what is the theme that's in there, the secret that's in there. But our job is to drop the bomb. Our job is to end the war. Our job is to end the war, Brother Jeremiah. Our job, Samuel, is to end the war. Is that how long we can linger and how soon we can end it? He's not arguing about this, arguing about this. Lord, is that your will? Is that your will? I have the quote. Brother Bram said it's not just about your knowledge, intellectual. He said you zeroed it in. You zero in with God's word. Then he said all you need is just a little touch off. He said then when you zero in, God, it's your will. You have said by your stripe that I'm a heal. You have said, believe unto Jesus Christ, you and your house shall be saved. Lord, I zero in on God's word. Lord, you have said there is a pride with a spot, a wrinkle, or any of those diseases. Lord, you have said the missing limbs is going to be restored. Lord, you have preached the gospel, demonstrated it to us, said that the pride. I preach the gospel, demonstrate it, so the blind, their eyes can be recovered. I don't know the secret. I don't know the statement about I don't know anything about it. But my job is to drop the bomb. It doesn't take a super duper face. It doesn't take something great. It doesn't take to understand how many years. It takes a little touch off of what the Brother said. Then he said, I do have a feeling, but I have to put my feeling behind. No matter you fail that or you don't fail that, you put your feeling behind. He said, I only want to make sure I do a good job. He said, that's my duty. I'm a patriotic to my country. That's my duty to drop the bomb. That's your duty. Your duty is not to know the E equals MC12 or square. Your duty is not to go to the Manhattan Project. No, what is the prophet who says this? Says, All you need to do, drop the bomb. Lord, you have a so. Now, I'm zeroing it in. I'm drop the bomb. Let us all stand. All God's require you to do is not argue about the doctrine. It's not to know all the in and out and out and in. God chosen us. He gave us the most powerful weapon that we ever had. What is more powerful than an atomic bomb? Prayer. Prayer with faith. Super faith? Lord, your word has said so. 
I believe. Not zeroing with my feeling. Not zeroing with what I've done or what I haven't done. Zeroing with what is the word of God has said. When you zero that in, then he said, it just takes a little touch off. That's all we need to do. Let's bow our head. Do you have a need in your heart? And this is the last moment of this service. Do you have a situation that you don't know how to get over it, how to get beside it, how to get under it, how to get through it? But somehow, God put a most powerful weapon that in your hand, in your heart. And all you need to do is just a little touch off. You have been zeroing in for a long time. You have been looking at it for a long time. You have been looking at a situation for a long time. You have been looking at the things that seems that are impossible for a long time. You ask for joy. You ask for peace. You ask for it to settle down. You ask, to, you ask for stabilizing. You ask it said, where's my children? You ask all kinds of things. Why don't you just do a remodeling of your B-29? You have all the guns, you have all the bullets, you have all this fuse, this and that. And you try to equip yourself. You say, Lord, let me do this, let me do that, and then everything will be all right. All you need to do is take everything out of that B-29. Lay aside of every sin that easily besets you. And start to fly. When you come to the target, when you saw that it was underneath you, Word of God has said the gospel not just been preached but the gospel has been demonstrated if Jesus has done all of that demonstrated he required you and us to do the same thing because that's the same spirit on Jesus now he come back is on the bride of Jesus Christ oh dear Heavenly Father I pray together with all my beloved brothers and sisters. Lord, you saw the hands that is erased. You saw the things that are beneath the heart, under the hands. So Lord, we're not making these things complicated, but Lord, we just believe your word. Whatever your word has said, that's what we believe and know it is done, Lord. So, Father, we cry it out unto you because you are the author and finisher of our faith. Lord, tonight we zeroed it in. Zeroed it in in what the word of God has said. Put our feeling behind, but put a word in front. Lord, we're coming toward it. As Elisha did, the mantle is in his hand. Now the word it is in our hand of faith. So, Lord, we're coming toward the situation. We're coming toward the difficult. We're coming toward the trial. We're coming toward the devil because you have commanded us. Lord, if you cast out the demon through believing the word of God, we cast it out the demon in the same way. Lord, you gave us the prayer, but not prayer just for the sake of a praying, but you gave us the prayer 
of faith, Lord. Prayer of faith to believe. And Lord, we're right now doing a little touch off. Let we push the button. Let our prayer go straight to the presence of God. And Lord, you will have to be responsible to what you have said. Lord, I committed everyone into your hand. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I believe Break the unbreakable
Sunday. I think this is the time for us to pray for our brother. And not just to pray, but pray with the faith. To believe and as I've said, let's drop the bomb. We have the most of the powerful that a weapon the Lord has ever put in the hand of the believer. Why don't we just use it? Why we just let it, we can't just let it set aside there to just polishing up and then just seemingly just look good. That's not a toy. That will end the war. If that one that ended the war years ago, this most powerful weapon, the prayer of faith that God put in our hand, it will end the war. It will end the killing. It will end all this disaster. The different things that we've been lingering, the things that we're going through. If we just believe it. Just before you go, let's just bow our head once more. Let's pray that again. Oh dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we, we have accepted the word. We have believed the word. And now, Lord, let a word take its effect, Lord. Let the, the prayer that we made, we pray for, Lord, let it reach to its destination. Lord, at this moment, we especially remember our dear brother, Ron Spencer. Lord, what a man of a God that has been personally to many of us because through him you have uh, personally touched us many of us and many times Lord with the faith to believe your word we sent this a prayer right to the presence of God Lord because you are obligated to your own promise Lord we never made us a promise but Lord you made us a promise you have said by your stripe that he's a healer and that's what we claim. And Lord, we're looking forward to see that you come on the scene. Lord, to devour the devourer, Lord. Lord, to devour all these cancer cells. But Lord, let the right cell multiply. Lord, you will rebuke the devourer. 
And Lord, it was a faith to believe your word or we rebuked out of devour. And Father, we ever prayed and we believe that we zeroed it in. And so let it be, Lord. And for many knees that are in this body, Lord, I don't have to mention each of their name because otherwise they might thinking only the name that mentioned that it can be fulfilled. Only the name that I mentioned that it can uh, get to what they get. But Lord, I just do a one prayer, not general, but Lord, you are the personal God. I pray, Lord, that you go to the, each situation because only you know, Lord, that I pray that an almighty God, that who has demonstrated it before us, God, you have commanded us. If you never commanded us, we're never going to do this. But you said, verily, verily, I say unto you, to them that believe the things that I do, shall they do also. And a greater thing, more they shall do. And so that's why we ask, Lord, let uh, what we have been prayed for, for each situation, Lord, may they be finished, Lord. Lord, that a sickness be healed, that the limb that are missing be restored, that a crippled can walk, that a blind can see, that a broken heart that be healed, that a captivated be set free, that a bruised be liberated. Lord, we believe in what we have prayed, and we ask that in the almighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. We just sing one more song. I speak Jesus before we go. I'm sorry to keep you long, but uh, if you can bear with me, just sing this. I speak Jesus. This is one of my most favorite songs because that's the name above all names. Let's sing it all together. We really mean that in our heart. Let's worship Him. I just, just want to speak the name of Jesus. Over every heart and every mind Cause I know there is peace within your presence I speak Jesus And I just want to speak the name
that kept you so long. I just pray to the Lord to give you the double portion. Give it what you asked in the depths of your heart. I just love the Lord. You know, He's so lovely. When He made Himself real to you, when He just come on the scene to meet you, Sister Karen, and to know every need, least a desire in our heart, and He can speak love to us. And He can speak it just gentle, He said, it's finished. He said, I don't feel it. Who asked for healing? Who asked for feeling? I feel there's a time that, that time, many times the feel, feeling, feeling betrayed at us. But a word of God never betrayed us. Whatever he said, he never betrayed us. Because what he said is the truth. May God bless every one of you. Shake hands with each other. If you want to linger, you can linger. If you need to go home, I just pray the Lord to give you a double portion. Sorry, I keep you long. God bless you all.